1: What's up, my loves? It is Dr. Lowe. Welcome back to another episode of Dr. Lowe's show. I am your host, Dr. Lauren Noel. By the way, if you've never heard the story of where Lowe came from, it was actually a family friend who had a little girl, cute little Asian little baby girl, and we would tell her that my name is Lauren and she couldn't pronounce it and she would say, a Lo, low. So that's where it came in case you guys were wondering how Low came from Lauren. And that was back probably when I was in maybe junior high, high school, and it just always stuck. So fun little background story. I hope you're all doing well. I hope you had a fun Halloween. If you haven't checked out the pictures of Zion in his Halloween costume, you have to see them. Check them out over on my Instagram at doctor underscore L O. So it's D O C T O R underscore L O cutest lion ever. I'm going to say of any lion I've ever seen Zion, the lion. I know it's super cute and cliche, but I had to do it. I am currently accepting new patients in my practice, shinenaturalmedicine.com. You can learn more about my practice. If you are local here in San Diego, you can come and see me in person. If you are not local, it is no problem. I've been doing this podcast for, gosh, I think, what, eight years now. So I'm pretty used to working with people from out of state. And I am, for a short period of time, running a new patient special for $75 off your new patient appointment. Not sure how long I'll be running it, but it will be for limited time because I'm only seeing patients two days a week. So once my schedule fills up, I'll probably take that discount off, but you can go ahead and learn more about that at shinenaturalmedicine.com and get you feeling better. The typical patients who I work with... Men and women really of all ages, but the most common would probably be women in their thirties, forties, fifties who are dealing with hormone stuff. Maybe you have some mood issues or low sex drive or can't sleep or a difficult time losing weight. Um, Also, as you guys know, I do a lot with fertility. So if you are wanting to work on improving your body before having baby, that would be the perfect thing to come see me for. Also, if you are a couple who wants to work on your health before getting pregnant would love to work with you. Or if you've already had a baby and you want to heal your body up before baby number two, I'm happy to work with you. So check me out, shy, and let's get you feeling great. Now I have never been a consistent coffee drinker. It's usually one of those things when my mom would come visit me, she would offer me coffee and I'd say, okay, cool. But I've gotten back into a coffee phase and I'm not really liking it. So what I am starting to do is shift to using mushrooms instead. Now, the particular product that I'm using is called Mushroom Blend, and it is from Four Sigmatic, which is a superfood mushroom company. Now, what I like about this particular blend is it's 10 mushrooms in one product, and you basically just add a scoop to your, you can do it actually to your morning coffee. If you're a coffee fan, you can do it in some hot water. You can blend it up with butter, which I love to do because it keeps you full a lot longer, or you could even add it to a morning smoothie. Given that it is cold and flu season, it's not a bad idea to do this anyway to give you an immune boost. So if you check out their website, foursigmatic.com, that's dot com. you could check out all their different products and you'll see the mushroom um, mix on there. This product in particular has 625 five-star reviews. If you read the reviews, people are freaking out about how good it makes them feel, more energy, more clarity. It helps with your like I said your immune system, your metabolism. It is just such a uh, popular product. So I highly recommend it or any of their other products. They have really great quality control and do things with integrity. So to get your discount on this or any other products, go over again to foursigmatic.com f o u r s i g m a t i c.com and at checkout enter Dr. Low, D R L O and you will get 15% off this product or any of their products on their website. It is pumpkin spice season. I know some of you ladies listening and probably a couple guys too are getting your regular Starbucks pumpkin spice lattes. And I just was curious. So I looked up the ingredients and it dropped my jaw. It is pretty sad to think of how many Americans are drinking this on a regular. So there is caramel color level four, which is made from ammonia which is considered a carcinogen. There's absolutely no real pumpkin in the ingredients. It's made with milk from Monsanto. So it's cows fed GMO, corn, soy, and cottonseed or soy milk. There's a toxic dose of sugar. It actually has over 50 grams of sugar in the grande. There's ambiguous natural flavors and there's artificial flavors made from substances like petroleum. There's preservatives and sulfites. There's possible residue from the non-organic coffee beans So it's pretty wild. I got this from over at foodbabe.com, which we've actually had foodbabe on the show. I'll put the link in the show notes. Um, pretty gross. So if you are a fan of the pumpkin uh, spice taste, I want to tell you about a product that Organifi is doing for a short period of time during the holiday season. It is their turmeric and reishi infused gold pumpkin spice. So good. So I've talked to you guys about the gold drink before that I love to do at bedtime. It helps me sleep and I wake up with less aches and pains being a new mom, it's very, uh, common to get kind of achy. So it really helps with that, but they're doing a pumpkin spice version of it. And let me read you some of these ingredients. It's pretty exciting. So here is the label. All right. So we have turmeric, lemon balm, turkey tail, which is a type of mushroom. There's some magnesium, some organic reishi, and it has organic coconut milk, It has acacia fiber, which is a prebiotic, it has cinnamon, it has ginger, and it doesn't have any weird other ingredients. It just has organic vanilla, organic caramel, and it's sweetened with monk fruit, which is a sweetener that is actually natural. It doesn't cause any spike in your blood sugar. And that's it, you guys. It's so, so clean. So what I do is I do a scoop to a cup of hot water and then just mix it up. You can put in some additional coconut milk if you like, make it kind of thick. And that's it. You can just drink it down, and it's so, so cozy and so good. So, to get your pumpkin spice, you can head over to organifi.com. That's O R G A N I F I.com and enter Dr. Low 20, D R L O 20 at checkout, and you'll get 20% off. All right, with all that said, let's jump into the episode and talk with a new friend of mine all about holistic mom life. Mm-hmm. Hey guys, so I have a pretty funny situation of a guest on the show. Uh, we have Beth Kinderman and she is a delightful, sweet, um, actually milk donor for my baby <laughs> Zion. So funny. I was just talking to her before we started recording that. I have never had a guest on the show who started as a milk donor. <laughs> so it's pretty awesome for you guys who haven't followed my post-birth journey Um, I don't know how much about about it I've talked on the podcast yet, but I had a lot of surprises when it came to um, breastfeeding, and I didn't make nearly as much as I thought I would, and you know, it's like you hear a lot about just all the uh, adventures of being pregnant and having a child, but you don't hear a lot about what goes along actually breastfeeding, Um, so I made a lot less than I thought I would, and... I was like, I want to be able to give Zion breast milk. So what do I do? And I just, I got milk from friends. And then I got names of people from my, uh, you know, my midwife or my doula. And then I joined a, uh, a milk donation group on Facebook. And then I went to a lactation support group. And I met women from all over the place. And I was like hustling, driving to LA, driving all these different places and getting milk donations. And my guest was one very gracious donor for my son. And actually, I'm going to be honest. I love your milk because I know how <laughs> healthy you eat. So like, Good, you're like one of my favorite donors because I know it's like he's getting so much nutrition. So yes, um, but yeah, so it's the coolest thing. I think Dr. Um, Ilana Ramel, uh, I think she connected us, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah. So she was on the show a few uh, weeks ago talking about her med school for moms program. So this topic will definitely be in line with that of ways to take a, take care of the kiddos with holistic health and essential oils and all that but so but just want to say first thank you so much for your donation. It means the world.
0: Of course. Of course, happy to do it.
1: Yeah, and you at one point yourself actually received donations, right?
0: Yeah, so it's a really interesting, you know, turn of events because I um had i've got three kids so my older two i actually had breastfeeding issues with both of them Um, my oldest um we didn't find a tongue and lip tie until she was about six weeks old and um, in that time my supply had completely plummeted and finally a lactation consultant diagnosed it after it had been gone undiagnosed you know through all the people that i had checking her to find out what was happening um, and so we had I had to get that sorted, and then we had to get um, my supply back up, so I was pumping around the clock, um but I still wasn't making enough, so I actually was reaching out on the human milk for Human babies' page you know six years ago, wow. asking for donations and um and then with my second um i actually she actually completely rejected the breast um. But would take a bottle, so I hand expressed for 16 months for her. Oh God, um, and so I, you know, didn't have enough to be able to donate then because I was just, you know, hand expressing enough for her. Um, but now with this one, I've been able to actually turn around and donate, and I think I have donated almost a thousand ounces as of now. And it's just the best feeling to be able to, cause I know being in that situation and that position, how
1: stressful it is. Yeah. Um, and to be able to give back is pretty amazing. And it's a beautiful win-win because when you have a baby, when you are releasing your breast milk, it helps balance your own hormones. It helps yes. your uterus shrink back to its, mm-hmm. close to its original size. So it, it has benefits for the mom. It can reduce um, cancer risk. And then giving that, oh. um, you know, that power to another baby. Yeah. The, I mean, it's just, it's incredible. So yeah. Um, and a thousand ounces is a lot. I mean, I remember back when I was pumping <laughs> the most I would get is like four ounces. So that is a lot yeah. of milk.
0: <laughs> I, I, he won't actually drink from my right side very often. And my right side is the underproducer. So I literally <laughs> just hook myself up to the pump every time he feeds, So I'm not completely lopsided and I just, oh my God. I'm able to just store that milk. So I might as well just keep doing it and keep, you know, donating. <laughs>
1: yeah. Well, so you, obviously we can hear from your accent. You are from Australia yes. and I've had the blessing of going to Australia. It's a beautiful country and yes. You have a, a history in natural health. And so tell us a little bit of what has you passionate about this world of, of uh, natural living and natural medicine.
0: Yeah, I I was not raised, you know, in the natural health realm, although my mum started to get into it um, as I was older. And um, I was just raised very conventionally. And I was, I didn't particularly eat, you know, a specific way. I I ate probably, you know, the standard Western diet. Um, And then I just really wasn't loving the way that I was feeling I was like I feel like I'm eating really healthy why don't I feel healthy um and so I decided to try going plant-based and this was 10 years ago before plant-based was a thing not like virtually no one knew about it when I told people what I was doing they thought I was crazy um but I felt amazing when I started eating this way and that really was it really opened the door (laughs) kind of to a rabbit hole um (laughs) which I just went you know, into this whole new awakening of what was out there and how we can actually support our bodies with diet and lifestyle. And we, we didn't have to just run to the doctor's office every time we wanted and every time we got sick and we didn't need to be prescribed medication every time, um, you know, we, we felt unwell. And that's yeah. what I had been used to previously. And so um, I decided to actually go and study naturopathy I started my degree and um, I only got 18 months into it. And then I got pregnant and my husband got a job over here in San Diego. And so um, I ended up um, dropping out of that and moving over. And I always thought, oh, maybe I'll go back to it. But life with kids just, you know, took over me. And I kind of found my own way in my own business and um, didn't actually finish my study. But I absolutely loved it. I just, it opened me up to so much, you know, herbs and um, just all things natural health it gave me a greater understanding of the body and how our body is designed to function in homeostasis we just have to um, you know provide the environment for it to actually thrive wow. um, absolutely and so it was kind of just from there on I just decided to keep the toxins um, from my home and i was I was just learning as I went i didn't get it all right straight away I thought I was using things that were natural that I was being greenwashed. I was being, um, deceived
1: by marketing right. really. Yeah. Um, don't trust the label.
0: <laughs> exactly. Um, so it was, it was a journey over like a course of, you know, a good four or five years. Um, but I, I, and I still don't think I've made it. No one is perfect, but I do my best and I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm an avid researcher and I just, I love it. I love all things natural health and I love, sharing about how you can live holistically with other people Um, because I think that there's you know there's a lot of people that are sick and um, they don't realize that they don't need to feel that way and it and it can be just a simple diet and lifestyle change that can actually help them heal
1: absolutely I mean that's the most powerful part of it right you you can't have the unhealthy lifestyle and then just take a medication expecting exactly anything yeah yeah so I, I'm curious about the specific home things that you did. So what were some of the, the different, um, you know, shifts that you made?
0: So I started, um, obviously with the diet, that was the biggest thing, um, in the beginning. And then I started just like looking at, um, I had a conversation with someone actually, and she was talking about, because I went vegan, I said plant-based, but I actually I, I had the ethical standing on the diet as well. So I, I went vegan and someone kind of opened my eyes to, well, you know that, you know, a lot of products aren't vegan. I was like, what do you mean?
1: Right. <laughs> I had no
0: idea I'd changed my diet, but I didn't know that my shampoos and conditioners contained animal byproducts. And, and so this conversation kind of started with that. And then she was talking about, you know, mineral oil and all of these uh, ingredients, phthalates, all of these ingredients that they would add into these products that were really toxic. And so I, I was, it was like a light bulb moment for me. And I just went, Oh my gosh, I can't believe I didn't even think about this stuff. Like I'm caring about what I'm putting inside my mouth, but I'm not caring about what I put on my skin, the biggest organ of our bodies um, and without a digestive system to, you know, filter out some of those toxins. So I just, kind of just started switching out my products to what I thought was natural. So I would go to the health food store instead of buying my products from the grocery store. And you know, I would try and get things that seemed to be more natural. But at that stage, um, I I had only just started studying. So I wasn't really great at researching. I didn't really know how to research. Um, and I would just read the labels and I would just be like, oh, well, this says 100% natural and plant-based and no animal products and cruelty-free. So um, I would buy those and as I kind of went down this rabbit hole of learning how to research and really learning how to actually look at a label and then actually going, you know what, I should probably Google those words that I don't understand um, and then make my own decision based off of the information that I read, whether it's something I want on my skin, in my home, that kind of thing. So it started with personal care products and then it moved to cleaning products and all the things. Um, But then I had my first child and I was using a brand that um, is very well known that claimed to be, you know, very safe and non-toxic, wow. but th- they're, they're really not that honest um, with you know, <laughs> the claims that they make. Um, okay, which and- one is it?
1: Oh, got it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and so, um, but at the same time, I got invited to a class on essential oils and I had Funnily enough, because I had been learning about um, you know herbal medicine and things, and I was really into homeopathics, but I had never used essential oils. And I was like, oh, something natural. Yes, I would like to come along and hear about that. So I went to this class and they kind of just shared what you know how powerful oils can be for your body and how they can support you and all the things. And I was just like blown away, got my kit that night. I just couldn't wait to start using them. Um, and I was added into a Facebook group, um, and just for support and education. And they were talking about greenwashing and they were talking about how, you know, you really have to do your research before you just, you know, look at a label and trust it. And they were talking about their household cleaner. Um, and so I was like, Oh no, I'm good. I'm good. But then I, I kept seeing this greenwashing word come up. So I started. again, looking at my labels on my cleaning products and my baby care products and really researching all the ingredients and, you know, was kind of freaked out by what I was still allowing in my home, even though I thought I was doing the best that I could possibly do. And, um, and so that just took me into a place of like, okay, I have to literally research everything. Um, and, um, and you know, now I feel pretty confident with what I've got in my home and I don't purchase something without, you know, fully analyzing the label and doing a Google
1: search on an ingredient if I need to. Um, and I'm just favorite uh, products that you're using or do you make them yourself?
0: I make some myself and I use a lot from young living and that's the Mm -hmm. essential oil brand that I use. Um, and you know, I'm grateful for young living because they have taken a lot of the guesswork out for me. So when I decided to start using their products, I wanted to, still make sure that they were what they said they were. And so I actually did exactly the same thing on their labels as I did on the labels that I currently had in my home. And I Googled every word that I didn't understand. Um, you know, I looked up on, you know, environmental working group, what's the toxicity score and all of that kind of stuff.
1: Yeah, um, good.
0: and you know, I felt really confident with a lot of their products. So, um, most of my products in my home are Young Living. Um, And it's convenient because I just can get them all in one place. Um, I love
1: their Thieves soap, by the way. We use that at my clinic, the foaming soap. Obsessed. Isn't
0: it amazing? Yeah. And it's great because it's so dilute. It's so concentrated that you can dilute it. So you get so much out of it, which is what I loved as well. You're paying this good money, like, you know, close to what I was paying when I was buying stuff from Whole Foods anyway. Mm -hmm. Um, And, but they were full of fillers and I, you Know, I would be buying them constantly every month, right? Um, but my products last a lot longer now as well because they're so um, full of active ingredients rather than just being filled out with yeah. And you can nothing. use
1: oils and make your own. Like, I, I use this yes. multi purpose um spray and I can use it for mm-hmm. all different kinds of surfaces. I use exactly. it on wood, I use it on like the countertops. And I just do, yeah. let me see if I can remember, it's like two parts white vinegar, no, 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 one part white vinegar, two parts distilled water, and then uh-huh. I add. 10 drops of, I actually had 20 drops of some, some type of oil. Usually it's yeah. ton of one ton of another. And I did like lavender or I'll do lemon or like yep. orange or yep. um, grapefruit. And it's so nice. It's so it much so more nice. affordable and it's just really fun. It's like, it's boring, like it you know?
0: Yeah, exactly. And it's fun. Like it's fun being able to, I mean, some people might not enjoy making things themselves, but I like the idea of knowing exactly what I'm using in my home and there's, there's no concern around my kids. I can actually get my kids to help me clean because yeah. I'm not using bleach right. and things that are toxic for them, you know?
1: Yeah. Put um, those kiddos to work. Shoot, am, you got three yeah, kids, exactly. you got like three staff.
0: <laughs> exactly. So I'm like, guys, I need to clean my bathroom. Do you guys want to get in the bathtub and just clean it for me? You know? <laughs> so um, it's good fun. Um, but yeah, it just takes that concern away because one of the things that I started thinking about was why are we using products that are all, like that, that, you know, the cupboard under the kitchen sink is usually off limits to kids. You know, you have to exactly. lock it
1: yeah. away that so toddlers not be the aren't the into it.
0: Yeah. yeah, that should not be like, why are we using those products in our home where our kids are crawling on the ground and picking up things off the ground and right. eating them, putting them in their mouth? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, you know, we're standing in the shower where we've just used bleach and the pores on the, our feet are the largest pores in our body. Mm. And what is what is absorbed from the bottoms of your feet can hit your brain in a matter of minutes. Um, and so why are we using bleach in our shower and then standing on that freshly cleaned bleach shower?
1: Wow. Um,
0: because we're just absorbing everything. So, um, all of these things kind of just, you know, they started to click over time, you know, and I would hear yeah. something or read something and I'd be like, wow, why did I not even put two and two together there? Yeah. Um, but then when it clicks then you know better, you can do better.
1: Mm-hmm. for sure. And how cool is it that your kids get to grow up in this type of environment with a low toxin? I mean, we can't avoid all toxins that's exactly. it's in the air, but I mean, if you mm-hmm. can control the factors at home exactly. and that's where the kids are most of the time, I mean, research shows that inside air is more toxic than outside air, even exactly. if it's in a polluted area. It's wild. Yep. So, it's like you know, 40% more factors. polluted. Right. Yeah. Hmm.
0: Yeah. And I mean, we're coming into that
1: Yeah, they get raised with those priorities and then, um, you know, they're able to have such a stronger start.
0: Exactly. Yes. And, you know, we do talk a lot about that because I don't want them to just not know why I do things the way that I do. I want them to learn as well so that it becomes a value that they um, carry through into their adulthood.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Cause you know, they're, they're, they're going to go to friends' houses and, and, you know, if you end up doing like school, like they're going to end up, um, well, obviously they're going to do school at some point. I, one day mm-hmm. I hope to be able to homeschool, but yeah. you know, if they go to schools, there's going to be all kinds of variables that you can't control. But if they're having that strong at home base, then that's the, yeah. of the time for them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And it trains their taste buds too, right? I mean, if you raise them, giving them sweet foods with sugars, they're going to want more of that. But if you have exactly. their taste buds not even used to that, then, um, you know, it'll probably I mean, who knows? Maybe they'll still be sh- sugar addicts at some point. <laughs>
0: <laughs> they may go through a phase. But I mean, you know, like foods with, you know, chemicals in them, they have excitotoxins and it gets our taste buds excited purposely. That's the chemical oh, yeah. reaction. And so when we taste, foods in their whole form um that doesn't excite our taste buds like the other chemicals do so of course you know kids that are raised on processed foods um are going to want that food and not the healthy whole food vegetables and fruit as much um because their taste buds aren't being um uh you know exposed to these excitotoxins that get their taste buds really excited
1: yeah what are stimulated. some of the what are some of the essential oils that you use kind of on a regular basis with your kiddos?
0: Oh gosh, there's quite a few. <laughs> <laughs> um it depends right on what we're going through. It depends on what I need them for. Um, but you know, generally like I will put um our thieves blend on the bottoms of their feet every morning. Thieves is a really powerful immune boosting oil. Um and it's a blend of clove, eucalyptus, cinnamon, lemon, and rosemary. Mm. Um, and it's just very powerful for your immune system. And so especially like today, they're at their homeschool class. And so they're away from me for five hours. They're with other kids. You know, I don't, I don't know what the other kids are, you know, what their life at home is like. And, you know, I don't know if someone's going to show up sick. Um, so I'm always just trying to boost their immune system uh, naturally. And so we use that oil every single day. And I've also been using that on my baby um, since he was a week old, um, just on the bottoms of his feet. And um, my husband actually came home from a trip um, for work recently. And he was really, really sick just from all the travel and lack of good food um, and run down and, he, you know, none of us got sick, none of us caught what he had. And he was really, really, he had a really bad cold for, you know, a good five days while yeah. he was home. Um, and we all didn't get it because I was just oiling us up, you know, prior <laughs> yeah. to him coming home and, and then more when he was home as well. And he was using the oils too. I love it. Um, they oiled yeah, up. so <laughs> getting oiled up, that's it. Um, so I'll use that every day. And then, you know, lavender is a classic, obviously it's great for calming emotions and it's great for sleep. Um, then I actually create, I have a very strong willed second child. So I actually created a roller that is, um, it's, it's got a blend, a young living blend called endoflex, which supports the adrenals and the thyroid. So hormone balance, um, it's got orange in it because that's a really uplifting oil. It's got surrender in it. That is a, an oil that was formulated to you know, help you surrender to a situation that you're in. And so when my <laughs> child <laughs> gets really strong and has crazy meltdowns, um, that's a really good oil to kind of just help balance her emotions again and help her take control of her emotions wow. without like, yeah. So I do. Just you notice create, a shift? I do. Yes. And I also put a, um, a blend called release in there as well because I don't want her to, I don't want her to, um, to bottle up her emotions, but yeah. I, I want her to be able to release and then take control. And so um, I'm giving her tools um, that help her while we also obviously talk through these things. I don't just pass her the oil, but giving her the oil is empowering her to go, okay, I know this helps me calm down. I'm going to apply this now. Um, She breathes it in deeply and just even taking those deep breaths in and out can calm you down immediately, even without an oil. So giving her some oil in her hands and saying, take some deep breaths, breathe the oils in, you know, it helps shift her mind from like what she was, you know, having a meltdown over to like focusing on her breath and then it calms her and then we're able to actually have a conversation about what was going on. Because oftentimes in those situations, I can't actually reason with her i can't get out what's wrong she's just losing the plot and so i have to use tools to help her get to a place where we can actually talk
1: that's so beautiful because you're validating her emotions you're teaching her to take pause and take that moment to you know just to kind of take a break from the stimulus and and um reframing it it's really cool i love that exactly yeah So
0: um, we'll do that. And then we use oils at nighttime for sleep. You know, classic ones like lavender and cedarwood are really good. Some other Young Living blends that we really love. Oh, valerian is really good as well. That's obviously an herb that, you know, you can just buy from the health food stores for sleep and the oil is super powerful. So yeah, I like to use that to knock them out if they need it as well. <laughs>
1: <laughs> cedarwood is incredible. I went it through a is. period of time where my sleep was a little wonky and I put some cedarwood like in between my toes and put so my socks good. on and it was just, I was out.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. And it's really
1: good for focus as well. So
0: it's like these oils have multiple different uses. So on the mm-hmm. one hand, you could use it to focus if you're, you know, needing that clarity while you work or study or whatever and then on the other hand um it can help you have a restful night's sleep when you're finished
1: (laughs) and also the uh you know the hand sanitizers so toxic right yes triclosan uh, Mm -hmm. yeah and so it's it's killing the good bacteria that you have on your hands yes so um so you want to really shift that to a healthier option i keep the thieves hand sanitizer in my wallet actually. So I use that. It's
0: amazing. Yeah. And the alcohol that's in it is denatured from our thieves, um, oil blend mm-hmm. denatured thieves. So it's a really healthy one. And yeah, like you said, I mean, I mean, I feel like we live in a, an environment, in a in a, in a society um, that are so fearful of germs and yeah. um, I'm just not that way at all. I think germs are healthy. We yes. need to be exposed to a healthy amount of bad bacteria so that it strengthens our immune system. Um, you know, when a baby is born, that's the most sterile they'll ever be. And so it's our job to ensure that they're going to um, be exposed to bacteria good and bad um, to be able to start developing their microbiome in their guts. So they have a healthy immune system, but, you know, I think, um, and I can understand not wanting your baby to get dirty and sick and all that stuff. But when we, overprotect them from bacteria, we're essentially, you know, doing them a disservice because they're not able to actually develop the gut microbiome that they need for a healthy immune system.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: So I let my kids play in the dirt.
1: (laughs) I love that. You know, I just had a thought that the way that, that our society approaches bacteria is so similar to just, it's, I mean, it's like a violent way of looking at it, right? It's like controlling Mm -hmm. the environment and killing all the bacteria and it's really about living uh, peacefully with it because there are incredible, I mean, we're literally made of more bacteria than we are human cells. Exactly. So bacteria exactly. is powerful. It's a thing to mm-hmm. respect and to balance. And it's really about balance, not about yeah. eradicating.
0: And it's an ecosystem and they have to, like, we, ha- we need both. Yeah for sure. sure. And
1: research shows that kids that play in the dirt that are exposed to, you know, pets growing up, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. I mean, it it helps to balance out their immune system in a really beautiful way so that they're not, you know, living at a deficit and that they have to live in like a little bubble. It actually gives them ammunition to be totally in the outside world.
0: Yep. Yeah. Yeah, And also for their,
1: for their mental health too. I mean, the gut is the root of our our psychology. Mm -hmm. So if you want a healthy, balanced, child when it comes to their mood and their behavior. I mean, you, you really do want to foster a healthy gut bacteria. That's right. Yep, yeah. Definitely. I'm curious about diapers. Um, you mentioned uh, a company that's maybe not so honest and I'll say <laughs> these diapers suck to be, to be honest. Yeah. You know, so do you have any diapers that you have really liked?
0: yeah so i cloth diaper but i also I, I use disposable at night because um i don't want to be waking up and changing in the middle of the night if i right. don't have to <laughs> um so i do my bit i do my best so i cloth diaper and then I'll, i i've been using andy candy which are bamboo completely biodegradable Oh, cool. Um, and i've really been liking them um again like it's you know we'll use them if we travel or if it's just at night, um, but during the day, then we we cloth and and I really enjoy that. I didn't I I didn't cloth with my first. I actually used that company's diapers and didn't love them. Um, but again, I thought I was doing what was best. Um, and then with my second, I decided, you know what, I'm going to give cloth a try. Mm-hmm. Um, and it actually wasn't as hard as I thought. Um, huh. and
1: so I yeah, I re- I really love it. I, I may give it a try. I haven't been doing that to be honest up until now. Yeah. But um but I'm but it, it, it
0: really it adds up.
1: Diapers it are it does. They really are expensive kind of
0: when you want to get non-toxic ones as well. So that's true.
1: Yeah. A girlfriend of mine uses a company called Diaper, actually, D Y P E I've heard of them, yeah. yeah it's a bamboo based um diaper. Yes. So I have I've actually seen
0: Instagram um ads.
1: Yeah, me too. I know they're so good with their marketing. I haven't tried them yet, but she loves them. And then you can do like a delivery service where they put your dirty diapers and wash them for you, which sounds awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Lots of, lots of options to reduce waste. Definitely. Um, So you are a home birth fan. Yes. So did you, did you give birth to all your kiddos at home? I did. Yes. Crazy. Tell us about that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so the first two were midwife assisted home births. And then my last one, um, he's now almost three months old. Um, he was unassisted free birth at home. I just wanted to do it on my own. Oh my um, I saw the footage.
1: It was incredible.
0: <laughs> thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I love that video on the toilet. So. <laughs> it was, yes. On the <laughs> toilet. Classic <laughs> that my boy is born on the toilet. Right. <laughs> so my first home birth, um, was a really long labor. It was 65 hours in total, Whoa. and 10 hours of that was active labor, and it was pretty intense active labor. And then, and then the other two days. I mean, the first day was bearable, but the second day, it was like I felt like it was I was in active labor, but you know, by the official status, I wasn't. Um, like when they checked me, I wasn't dilated to what they would consider active labor, but I was working hard still that day. Um, so I was really exhausted. Um, I didn't sleep at all for three days. Um, But I am so glad that I ended up having her at home because had I been in the system um, and it would have, you know, and it would have been going for that long and I didn't have a midwife to kind of just ring and say, what do I do? How can, like, why is it taking so long? Um, They would have wanted to, to, you know, me to go in and get induced. And I really just wanted to trust my baby and my body. And um, I felt like, I I should know if something is going wrong. I didn't feel like anything was wrong. I just knew that for some reason, like, she was taking forever. Um, And that's exactly what it was. Like, she was just taking a very long time. Um, And we don't know if maybe, like, her shoulder was up a little bit or her hand was up or we don't actually know because she came out normally. Um, But something was just stopping her from, you know, from from me, from her coming out quickly. and so uh, that was, that was pretty amazing. I mean, it, it it was hard work and I pushed for 55 minutes. I was in transition for four hours. Um, so, you know, this is like 90 second um, contractions on top of each other, six in a row. And then I'd get like a 30 second break and then I'd get nice. another six in a row. And it was just, it was so intense. Um, and I remember just looking at my husband and going, I don't know how much longer I can do this for. And then I, you know, it was only probably 15 minutes later that I was getting the urge to push. Um, and then I pushed for 55 minutes. Um, I didn't really, it's really interesting because with her, I didn't really get the, um, I didn't get a really strong urge to push and I didn't get the fetal ejection reflex, but I did get that with my next two. Mm
1: -hmm. Um,
0: and so it was really hard to get her out. Obviously, first baby as well. I feel like your body just, just doing that for the first time. It's pushing out a baby out of a small hole. Um, right. And, you know, it has, it has to stretch and it has to figure it out. But consecutive babies, I mean, in my experience, were much easier. Um, and so my second home birth, um, the labor was much shorter. I think in total it was 15 hours, but I slept through a lot of the early labor um, and just kind I of woke up, yeah, yeah woke up in between for contractions. and and then i I, I asked my midwife to check me. Um, I had been laboring that morning, um and uh, i I felt like I must have been in early labor because I was still quite chatty in between my contractions, which didn't happen with the first baby. I was just in my zone for so long. Um, and she checked me, and I was nine and a half centimetres. <laughs> and I was like how can I be nine and a half centimeters I'm just I'm happy I'm normal I'm not you know feeling stressed or I'm not just nothing like my last all essential know, oils.
1: I'm just kidding. Yeah,
0: yeah. And I had I had essential oils for this birth. I didn't have them with my first. Ah, maybe it was. Um, so maybe it was. Um, But the then you know from nine and a half centimeters to pushing it was three hours, and that was a little bit more work. But I kind of went into the zone just a little bit. And, yeah, and I kind of just took on like a, a hypnobirthing approach. I didn't actually ever do a hypnobirthing course. I just kind of watched a couple of videos. I was like, I've got this. Um, and I just sat in the tub and I just focused on my breath and. And then, um, and then she came really fast. So I had the fetal ejection reflex with her. I just breathed her out. I did not have to do anything. It was really quite intense because it was such a different feeling from my first. I wasn't used to that feeling of like, oh, wow, I can just feel her descending in my vaginal Mm -hmm. canal right now. You know, I I didn't have that feeling last time. Um, maybe more of an awareness of my body as well, but it was definitely different. Um, And so she came out and I I pulled her out from the water um, myself and up onto my chest and it was just, it was the most incredible experience. Interesting because after every birth, every single birth, and I think even if I had 10 more kids, it would continue to happen. It gets to about a week postpartum and I get really emotional. Like you'd think it was baby blues, but it's actually me grieving the fact that my birth is over. Like I just want to go and do it again.
1: Yeah, I get that. I mean, like, right for me, right after I was like, mm, don't want to do that again. And after like, <laughs> I'm like, let's do it again. So Yeah, weird.
0: totally. It's, like it's a the switch. craziest thing. I'm totally addicted to birth. It's really I funny, know. But...
1: <laughs> so, so weird. Then,
0: um, I got pregnant again. And like I said, my second child is quite strong willed and she's definitely made things challenging. So actually wanting to go for a third Um, I always wanted a big family but deciding to go for a third was really tough like I just didn't know how I would handle it and all of that but we decided to go again and we got a boy which is awesome um and I just I don't know just deep like before I even got pregnant I was just thinking you know I would love to birth on my own if I ever did it again and then when I did get pregnant, I just said to my husband, "I think I, I I just want to do this with just you. I don't I don't want someone assisting me medically. Mm-hmm. Um, I trust my body. I've done it two times before. I'm I feel really confident in birth. I was never unconfident. Yeah. Um, and so he said. Are you sure you don't want a midwife? You know, like he was totally fine, but he thought I really enjoyed having the midwife's help, probably because he didn't want to have to scoop the poop out of the pool, and <laughs> all of that stuff. You know. <laughs> but I was like, no, I want to do this on my own. So he was like, okay. Well, I feel like this is a natural progression for you because I am quite extreme in a lot of things, um, and so you know, we just. I really focused on like, okay, preparing for this birth. What do I need to know in case of an emergency? Um, what are the things that I should know that generally like a midwife would know? Um, and I was listening to the Free Birth Society podcast. And that was really good because I got to hear so many stories of women who, oh gosh, some of their stories were insane. Like my births were so easy and straightforward compared to some of these stories. And they still managed to have successful free births. and that was really empowering for me, but it also gave, right. it empowered me with knowledge as well. Like these are the things that can happen.
1: Mm-hmm. These are the
0: things that you need to look out for and just be aware of. Um, and so, yeah, I just, I we both went into our birth really, really empowered um, and excited and, um, you know, woke up on the morning and started getting contractions and filled up the pool. You know, it was planning to have a, you know, a water birth again for the third time and yeah. I actually said in an Insta story, you know, bef- you know, a few weeks before I gave birth, you know, they said, would you ever give birth anywhere else but the pool? And I said, no, I'm just really drawn to the water. <laughs> right. I just can't imagine myself doing it anywhere else.
1: <laughs> That's how birth is. You got to just yeah. throw all plans out the window because it exactly. just happens on its own. Yeah,
0: exactly. It's just going to do what it wants to do.
1: Uh-huh. Um,
0: and so I was in the pool laboring and, you know, I was just getting really intense rectal pressure, which is normal. I knew that. I knew that rectal pressure was the baby. but. I just a part of me was like, I feel like I'm going to literally poop everywhere in this pool right now right. while he comes out. Mm-hmm. And so I got really conscious about that. And I was like, nope, I don't want my baby being born into a pool of poo. Um, so <laughs> I said, I need to go to the toilet. And I didn't think he was as close as he actually was because I was checking myself and he still was like, I don't know, my finger length the way up, you know, Uh and, um, the fetal ejection reflex was happening. Um, but I thought I could quickly just go to the toilet and, you know, get out what I thought I needed to get out and then go back to the pool. But I got on the toilet and if anyone has ever labored on the toilet, you know, it's so downbearing yeah, and it's intense. Like it really, really, I mean that the toilet is where we're conditioned to feel comfortable to release. Right. So, um, you get on the toilet when you're in labour, and that baby is gonna come down. Um, and so um, I could have gone back to the pool, but I literally couldn't move. <laughs> His head was right there, and it was so intense um, that I I just couldn't move. And you know, my doula was also my photographer, so she's standing there taking pictures. And she's like, "Do you want to go back to the pool? What do you want to do?" And my husband's there, like, "Come on, let's go back to the pool." And And I, I, in my head, I'm like, shut the F up. Like, I just need you to be quiet right now. I'm not moving, but I couldn't get the words (laughs) out. Right. I couldn't speak. Um, So they didn't know how conscious I was. I think they were concerned because they knew that he was right there, um, but his head hadn't quite popped out yet. Mm -hmm. Um, And so they, I think they were concerned because they weren't sure how conscious I was in my own head, but I was very conscious. I just I couldn't speak, I couldn't move.
1: Yeah, and so um,
0: yeah, so <laughs> his head popped out, sitting as I'm sitting on the toilet bowl, and in that moment, I just immediately went whoa, and I just stood up and held his head with my hand and just walked forward a little bit, and then within seconds, his body followed, and I just I pulled him out and up onto my chest and. You know, if you see the video, you see my husband's face. He's just in absolute shock. Um, he does not have a smile on his face whatsoever. It's really hilarious to look back on because he just, he's looking around. My water broke at the time his head popped out. So there was bodily fluid, blood, wow. all the things all over our, you know, bathroom floor. And he's just looking around like freaking out, like, did that just happen? But he remained really calm and he was very amazing and supportive as well. Um, but you know, then I just, I look up and I see my girls, they're watching the whole thing and I just, you know, huge smile on my face and just couldn't believe that it just happened like that. Um, wow. it was pretty incredible. So <laughs>
1: I love that your daughters watched.
0: Yes. I really wanted them there. Um, this and how time. did
1: they, how did they react?
0: They were really excited and they were amazing through my labor. So I have a video on YouTube. If you just hate it, if you just, um, Uh, search Tatum's birth. Uh Um, It should come up. It it says that it's a free birth. Um, And you can see the whole video and they were, they were cute little doulas. Like they were rubbing my back and holding my hand and just being an amazing support while I was in labor. And we talked a lot about what to expect and what mummy would be going through. And I showed them some birthing videos um, so that they were prepared for the noises and, all of the things and um of course I thought that they were going to see their baby brother be born in the water which is a lot less confronting um but they they got to see the really confronting version <laughs> mm. so um they were a little bit awkward afterwards i mean they were excited that the baby was here but my my second child, the strong-willed one, she actually said, I, I almost vomited when he came out. I said, what do you mean? She said, well, I almost vomited, but I made it go back down. So <laughs> as she was watching, she must have felt vomit come up and then she swallowed it back down. Oh, so that was hilarious. Um, but, you know, they, <laughs> they loved seeing it. Like they love watching his video and, you know, I think it was really empowering for them to see me like that. And, um. Uh, you know, I think it helps with, um, introducing their new baby, you know, their new sibling to right. them as well. Like they're not just coming to the hospital, like they're not seeing you leave to the hospital, um, you know, as a pregnant lady and then coming home with this new child or coming to visit you as a new child. Like they're actually seeing right. life it's come whole
1: Introduction. That the ex-
0: yeah.
1: Uh, yeah. So it definitely
0: helps with the transition, I think, um, because they saw, <laughs> how the vomiting about.
1: thing I'm still laughing at the vomiting oh, it's so hilarious. Funny. <laughs> <laughs> she was
0: so, so vocal about it as well <laughs> right
1: totally yeah I mean you love the honesty of a kid right yeah, <laughs> yeah totally we can learn to be that authentic Totally. So, um, I'm so inspired by that I uh, you know I have a five-month-old so I haven't introduced foods to him yet but mm-hmm. I definitely want to have him love vegetables and love healthy foods so what are some ways that you have had, um, you know? What are the kind of foods that I know that you've raised your children vegan, and mm-hmm. obviously they have to love vegetables to be vegan. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, what are ways that you that you bring veggies into their into their daily diet?
0: And I'll be honest, like you know, both my kids are not the perfect eaters, and you know, where they've been eating vegetables and fruit basically? that's it since they were you know seven eight nine months old um and they still are fussy and they still are picky so it's you know we're we're definitely
1: not special (laughs) yeah
0: and you know they definitely don't all of a sudden have for
1: sure and the thing is is like you know I know like a lot of people I mean I'll I'll probably not raise um Zion vegan but I definitely want him to have tons of vegetables like yeah definitely vegetables are the way to go for yeah right so like yeah totally I mean, more than the average kid
0: yeah so early exposure to vegetables is super important so obviously i when i say early exposure i don't mean before their digestive system is ready but you know like really um i did baby led weaning um mm-hmm. so i didn't puree and, and spoon feed i um just you know would steam sweet potato and uh squash and pumpkin those sorts of things um And I would just chop them into chunks um, that they could then, you know, pick up and eat. Um, Soft banana, those sorts of things, avocado. um, And I was just exposing them to all different types of veggies um, and fruit from the very beginning that I started giving them solids. And then I didn't really introduce grains until they were a year old. They were still getting a lot of their calories from breast milk. So I was happy just to let them pick and play with food and expose them to some new tastes. But yeah, really. after a year they were more interested in um actually eating food as meals and replacing feeds. And so I kind of went with their cues and I started to introduce things like quinoa and um sometimes I would spoon spoon feed if I could tell that they, you know, were getting frustrated not getting enough in their mouth. Um but I would just mix quinoa with squash, like roasted squash or roasted sweet potato. Um, And, you know, maybe a little bit of tahini or hummus or something like that. So I was just exposing them to any food that we would generally eat anyway. Um, You know, that, that was, that they were able to eat at, you know, with their level of, the the amount of teeth that they had, their, their level of ability to eat that food. Right. Um, And... I just let them eat it in abundance. So I, I just, I, you know, and for someone who's not raising a vegan child, the kind of the rule I would probably go for if I wasn't raising my kids vegan would be an abundance of fruits and vegetables and then just giving them small amounts of like the other foods that you want them mm-hmm. to eat eventually. Yeah. Um, because if you give them too much of, you know, like the, the pastas. I mean, and I do, I did still give my kids pasta after a year. Um, but I didn't give them as much pasta as I gave them vegetables because I didn't want them to just want the grains and the, and those starchy carbs that weren't as high in nutrient content
1: as the vegetables. Right. For sure. And let's be honest, I mean, the higher the carbs, the more they're going to have a craving for that.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so, and you know, like just, I think baby led weaning is great because you just, you're letting them go with their own instincts and um, you're allowing them the freedom and the choice to pick and choose what they want to try and what they want to eat and what they don't want. Um, And, you know, as they get older, you can obviously communicate better and say, um, you know, that you'd like them to try something new, but give them mostly everything that you know they'll eat um, while also trying to get them to try new things as well. Um, But it's really just, I think the biggest thing with kids, and I'm no expert, my kids are fussy, and it's hard to get them to eat food some nights, but um, I think the biggest thing is allowing kids to feel like they have the power and I think food is one of those things that, you know, we literally cannot force our kids to eat. And it's right. the one thing they feel like they have power over, no, I'm not going to listen to what you say. <laughs> so I'm not going to eat this food because I want to feel powerful I, and it becomes a power struggle. So really allowing them to have the power to choose some things, but then also encouraging
1: them to try some new things as well. Yeah, for sure. Without like pressure, but making it fun. Yeah. Yeah. Last question. I know we could talk all day. I know this is (laughs) blown by self-care. So important, especially for a mama, especially for a mama of a newborn. So um, it can be stressful having kids. I mean, obviously, like in the beginning, especially when you're not sleeping. And so how are you taking care of yourself and how do you charge your batteries?
0: Oh, man. This is a million dollar question, isn't it? (laughs) (laughs) um having okay i've had to really like let go of a lot of pride um and yeah. um ask for help because i'm the type of person that just wants to do it all myself um and doesn't want to accept help um because i feel guilty or feel like no i should be able to do this um right. but i think there's a lot of strength to be found in admitting that you are struggling and asking for help and so i've had to really do that Not just from family, which we were blessed to have quite a lot of visitors um, after you know my third baby came, um, but also from my husband. And I mean, he's pretty amazing anyway. Kind of knows now three babies in what I need. Um, But just if if I am struggling, I and he's not really getting it. I have to just say, look, I need your help on this, this, and this. I'm not, I'm not handling all of this myself, or I'm not coping, or whatever. Yeah. Um, the other thing is I have an acupuncturist who is amazing and she incorporates acupuncture and massage Mm. and you leave feeling so incredibly relaxed. So um, that is something that I give myself as a treat. Um, I haven't done it yet just because I haven't even tried to give my baby a bottle and I'm nervous, like, how will that go if I'm out of the house for an hour and a half? Right. Um, but, you know, that's something that I've been thinking in the back of my head probably for a month now is that I need to do that. Um, and, you know, my husband is amazing at allowing me to go out with, go out for dinner with friends if I want to. Granted, I'll take the baby right now, but he's, he's offered multiple times and said, if if you want me to keep him like I will keep him and we're just going to make sure he can take a bottle and you just go. So it's just having um, a support system. I know that that's not everyone's situation, but it's, 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 um it's making time and actually prioritizing yourself because I think as women, as mums, we put everyone first before ourselves and then we get forgotten very, very easily. There's a million things on our to-do list and that always is more important and comes first um, but really, if we're not filling our cup, then like we can't pour into our family um, the best that we can. Yeah. Um, and so you know, if I'm having a stressful day, I will say to my husband, "I need to just escape," um, and I will go into my room and lock myself away for half an hour, and he'll hold the baby um, and deal with the other kids, play with them, or get them ready for bed, whatever it is. Um, yeah. And I'll just take even it's you know even twenty minutes. It can really completely I can just change everything. Absolutely. When you just have that twenty minutes of you time silence to just do whatever you feel like doing, take a bath, read a book, you know, whatever yeah. it is.
1: I mean, like for me if I'm having like meltdown and I just can't get out of my emotions and just like this survival mode, even just like going outside. Yes. Just doing that and seeing that the sun is out, there's birds at exactly. you know, like the trees it can be really brace. quick. Yeah. yeah. So I, n- I never want self-care to feel like it's an extra job to do. No, it's like really about, you know, maybe saying no to some, some things. Obviously if you have a newborn, there's not a whole lot you can say no to while you're in that. Totally. But, um, but I love what you said is just putting the, the pressure or the shame aside and just being able to be honest, like, Hey, I'm struggling right now. I need, I need some support. Yeah you know, even like 20 minutes, here's the baby, or like the baby's really crying, and you just are in this place, like I'm not in a stable place, put the baby down and get out of the room and just exactly There, and, you know, just giving yourself like five, 10 minutes, it can allow that the shift of this different part of your brain to be able to see logically more and be able to like, have perspective of the situation and not be so much like in that survival. So
0: exactly. Yeah.
1: Definitely. And I think,
0: um, I think a lot of, um, people, I mean, I'm one of them. I I was always like, I can't ask a friend who also has kids to help me when I'm struggling because they've got kids, but I know if a friend of mine asked me for help, I would jump at helping them. So I think that more friends would actually help if they were being asked. Mm -hmm. Um, so it's like not being afraid to ask, but then also if you are a friend of someone and you know that they've just had a baby, Why don't you go and offer to help them? I mean, before I had my third, I was pregnant at the same time as one of my really good friends, and she was pregnant with her third. And um, they had to move house right after her baby was born. So I was like, You need to deal with your baby. I'm coming over. I was eight months pregnant. I was like, I'm going to pack your house. So I just like Mm. packed multiple rooms for her. And um, I just did what, like, it it wasn't, I mean, it was huge to her. It wasn't much for me. Yeah, I had a bit of a sort back, but like it felt so good to be able to help her in a season where I knew that I wouldn't want to be in that by myself with right. no help, and no support. Um, and so it's just, I think, you know, it's just having an awareness of people around you as well and going, okay, how can I offer myself to someone? Yeah. Um, well, I love
1: the way that you worded it as, Hey, I'm going to come over and do this.
0: Yeah. yeah. I love that. Like, if,
1: yeah, exactly. If someone says, how can I support you? I mean, if you're in that, like, just survival mode, like even thinking of something to say that you need, it's hard to yeah. even find it for me. But if they're like, I'm going to come over and do that, do this. Is that okay? I'd be like, yes. Yeah. <laughs> totally. you no know, question. Or, or just be like, you know, a little bit more. Yeah about it so yeah
0: exactly it's like you know come over I'm gonna come over and I'm just gonna watch your kids so you can like take a shower or I'm gonna come over and do a load of washing you know like it's all these things that I think we've lost touch in and and I would have loved to have someone do that for me Mm -hmm. um and but I don't want to have to be the one to ask I'm not gonna ask another mom to come and do my washing Mm
1: -hmm. but
0: if someone offered I'd be like thank you
1: (laughs) yes yeah so good. So, yeah. Oh, I love this. Well, thank you so much for coming thank you. on and sharing some of your mama wisdom and your stories and, no worries. and people fun. can follow you on your website and also your Instagram or other social media. It's rawfullywholesome.com, right? Or at yes. rawfullywholesome. Okay. Yes perfect and you have quite an awesome following you have lots of um you know fun little tips on there and your family is so cute you help, you know capture thank them you and share with, with all of us so it's beautiful thank you so much yeah. it's been awesome thanks for having me on of course and thanks for the milk donation again of
0: course i'll let you know when i have zion, more <laughs>
1: yeah zion <laughs> says, says thanks too he's uh thriving oh. and chunky and uh, oh he is he's gorgeous yeah. thank you all right so girl, well, enjoy
0: your day and we'll talk thank to you. you all right bye
1: I hope you enjoyed this episode of Dr. Lowe Radio. Thank you so much for joining us. And for more after the show, you can head over to drlowshow.com where you can find the show notes. Be sure to subscribe to the show and share with all your friends. And please head over to iTunes and leave the show a five-star review and leave a comment. I read each and every one and they warm my heart. Thank you so much again for joining us. I promise to keep bringing you fun, inspiring, empowering content. Until next time, lots of love and I'll talk to you soon.